Welcome to Dead Folks Tales, a New Orleans-centric podcast exploring Southern Gothic stories, history, and hauntings with your host, paranormal and fantasy author, Nola Nash. Find out more at nolanash.com. Now, let's talk about dead people. And oh, do we have some dead people to talk to you about today? I am so excited to have my friend Willow with me. And we will tell our, the story about how we met a little later. But first, I want folks to get to know you and what you do. So Willow and Michonne, tell the folks a little oh. bit about yourself. Well, I am a professional psychic medium here in New Orleans, at least for now, <laughs> planning a move very soon. Um, continuing to be a psychic medium, of course, but, um, yeah, I do a lot of things here. I've read for thousands of people here in new Orleans and who have visited here. And of course, virtually as well, been a psychic medium since the age of three, been reading tarot cards since the age of 15. So I could talk to the dead people that kept coming to me <laughs> that I just had no idea what you're standing there for staring at me. I don't know what you want. <laughs> so that I better do something to figure this out. And somebody mentioned that, you know, tarot cards are our communication tool. I thought that would be a great tool. So I, I, you know, worked with them. Um, I actually read for the dead for about 14 years before I started reading for the living. I did not have enough life experience at 15 years old to read for the living. I knew that. Mm. So um, when I was like 29, uh, I already had four kids. I was ready to, <laughs> with that life experience, now I could help. So yeah. I've been doing that ever since. And I've added paranormal investigation in there. I've added all kinds of stuff, you know, to my repertoire. So that's who I am. You're, and you're a Reiki master, right? Yes. Life coach. You're a Reiki master. Life coach. You are ordained. You perform weddings in Louisiana in the, in the French Quarter. I do. And it's cemetery weddings. You've done some really cool weddings. Yeah, I have. My favorite was the zombie wedding. I'm sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was a, a vampire one. vampire minister at a zombie wedding and I handed him the <laughs> ring on a severed arm. How could you not make that? You, know, you can't make that's that. That's awesome. Right? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Only in New Orleans does, is that like, that's the wedding ceremony. That is fantastic. I love that. I yeah, love that it. Now, ended up, yeah, on the news. So, yeah. Did it? <laughs> yeah. And on Wacky Weddings. It was on a pilot show for Wacky Weddings out of LA. So, yeah. <laughs> It was crazy. Fantastic. Yep. I love that. And I love that, that it was you because that just, that is so you <laughs> knowing you like yep. I do. I was like, yep, that's a willow wedding right there. <laughs> well, you and I met several years ago. We met down in New Orleans and I had, you were doing uh, French quarter tours at the time and you had the tour company yep. and I did a tour with the tour guide, the ghost tour, the haunted uh, French quarter tour. And then you and I met up for a seance. Yeah. And that was such a cool experience. It was just me and you. And what an interesting night that was. Um, it, it was just supposed to be the seance. We we're going to do the seance and then let that be it. I think I left your house at 2 a.m. because we sat there talking for so long. I mean, it was just like, it was like I'd known you forever. We sat there and just, we talked, but the the equipment wouldn't work. The, the sound equipment, the video equipment, Spirits kept shutting that off. It was like, no, we're not going to record this. We had new batteries. We changed batteries. We plugged in. It still would not stay on. Would uh, things not. that were working before wouldn't work anymore. 
it was really, really a neat experience. Um, did get to actually have some folks come through that were that were near and dear to me that we got to talk to. And that was a yeah. special experience too. And then we just, we connected and we stayed friends. And I am so glad that we did because we have gotten to have some fun adventures <laughs> together. Yes, yes, we have. <laughs> and it has been so fun. I mean, we've done, I mean, we've, We've had, I brought my daughter down to New Orleans with me one time. You read for her and that yeah. was really cool. Um, you went plantation touring with my mom and my other daughter and I. We, we just, it's a, it's a family thing here with Willow. It really is. So the last time I was down there, and it was, honestly, it was about this time last year. Yeah, when I was down in New Orleans. It was Hurricane Delta was coming in, and Nola is the one who goes running to New Orleans ahead of a hurricane, knowing it's coming. But it was a really cool experience because it was it was so strange. I almost had the French Quarter to myself, which was, it was kind of surreal. It, it did not yeah. feel like it was of this world to have that many wide open spaces with no tourists, no other people, businesses boarded up ahead of the hurricane. And here I am coming into the city. I mean, I've ridden out my share of hurricanes. They don't scare me like that much. I mean, use caution. But this one, I, I, for some reason, I was, I was just glad to be going down there. And I think it's because I have to have my dose of New Orleans or I think I go insane. <laughs> you and I have talked about the fact that clearly in past lives, that was my home. That's it. I yes. feel the city too, too, too much to not have been there at least one life before. And I, I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. I always say part of my soul is in that city and always will be. But we met up at the hotel I was staying at. And that was the Lafitte guest house. And I have a picture of the room where I stayed in Lafitte guest house. For anyone who doesn't know, it was actually owned by one of the Lafitte brothers who were, of course, part of the Barataria pirates, uh, Jean Lafitte being the most renowned. And But he was not the one who owned this. Um, it was not Jean Lafitte. It was Pierre Lafitte. Actually, Pierre Lafitte's um, woman. <laughs> I don't think they ever got married. Um, it was in her name because the Lafitte brothers learned very early on that if you want to launder money, you put it in the women's name <laughs> and give them the property. People aren't going to come after them. But this is room 21 at Lafitte guest house. And I want you to notice a couple of things as you're looking at this. If you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> go find it on YouTube and take a look at the pictures here. If you look at Lafitte guest house, uh, they've got some great pictures on there. But so I lifted this one because this was the room I stayed in. You'll notice the where the bed is situated, where the windows are situated. There's a table kind of between the windows. Um, we were there for a while. Um, there is a chandelier in the middle of the room. Remember that, that chandelier hanging from the ceiling. That's an important piece. And all around, there are various things that are plugged in. And as we were investigating, one of the first things we did was make sure that none of those things that were plugged in were going to interfere with anything that we did or we unplugged them so that they were not interfering with anything that we were going to do. And we both knew that this was a very active location. Yeah. Um, I had a friend, Ava Black. She's another author. She's out of New York. She stayed there, had some strange experiences along with um, a friend of hers whose husband is a New Orleans, um, retired New Orleans police officer and said he'd never stay in that hotel again. <laughs> so, so he'd seen a lot of things, but never staying in that hotel again. So I knew from her experience 
that there was a lot of activity there, but knowing the history of the building and some of the history, mm -hmm. that there would be a lot of activity there. You knew that as well. So you came prepared. <laughs> we, we met up and you had your equipment with you. What were some of the things yeah. just for the folks who don't know that you brought with you? Um, I brought the SB7 spirit box so that we could communicate with them and also uh, two K2 meters, which are they detect EMF, which is how we tested to make sure there wasn't any electric kind of interference. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, our cameras, you know, and our mm -hmm. phones, because those are one of the best tools you can carry with you at all times. They are. They are. And you have the Necrophonics app on your phone as well. And we use this in both of the locations that we're going to talk about, which is a really cool thing. And basically, it's a phone with no service, right? Yeah, that, my phone has one? no service that it's on. The phone yet. with no service on it, but the app is on it. And so it's just simply connected to a Bluetooth speaker so that we could hear it louder, but you don't right. necessarily have to have the speaker. But the phone has no cell service, no Wi-Fi. Not, you know, it doesn't have that with it. So that's not actually causing anything. We're not picking up radio signals. We're not picking up, you know, other people's phone. We're not picking up things like, you know, nursery monitors and things, things of that right. nature. Right. So we're making sure that none of the things that we are picking up have to do with external electronics. We even tested the outlets, like the plugs, yeah. to make sure that they were not giving off anything that was going to set that off. And the way that we did that, for those of you who don't know what a K2 meter is, when it is receiving that signal, it starts at green. It can go all the way from yellow to red. And red, that's a strong right. signal. And boy, did we see a lot of red <laughs> that night. <laughs> A lot yeah. of red on that signal. But not at, <laughs> not at the outlets. Not at the outlets and not at the no. TV, not at any of those things. And we put our phones on airplane mode so that we were not pulling any, you know, anything out you know, through our phones as well. Because, of course, we're, we're using our phones to record this. We're using our phones for video and we didn't want to interfere with any of the equipment. So that is kind of our due diligence that we needed to do first to make sure we were not impacting anything that we were going to be receiving as we're trying to investigate this location. So that's where we started. It helps to have a psychic medium with you <laughs> when you want to communicate with the dead um, for many reasons. And one of those reasons for me was knowing the sensations that I was feeling, the things that I could actually tactfully feel happening to me. If I hadn't had you there to explain that to me, I would have felt like I was like nuts. It's like, am I, is this really, you know, is this my nerves or is this like the way I should feel about that? Things like, um, like prickling on my skin. It's almost like standing too close to a lightning bolt. It's kind of, you know, when yes. lightning strikes nearby, it's like that your hair stands up and it's that tingling in your skin. Um, those kinds of things were happening to me. And that thanks to you. I knew it was normal. That was part of that experience of being that close to spiritual activity. Right? Right. Yeah. Totally. So the first thing we did was try, we tried to, you know, feel out the energy. Yeah. Right. So we went around the room and there were a couple of spots that stood out to us. One yeah. of those spots was the table between the windows. And yeah. one of those spots, actually, weirdly, the center of the bed. And we found out soon why the center of the bed and that part of the bed was so strong. And you did a great job of asking questions. And I love the way that you ask those questions because you're very patient with the spirit. So for the folks who don't know, who haven't really, I mean, we've seen the paranormal investigator shows and some of those things, some shows are good and some shows are a bit, shall we say, 
theatrical <laughs> in their approach. Yeah. But you have yeah. a really good kind of down to earth, pragmatic, we're talking to, it's almost like you're talking to another person and you give them such respect yeah. that maybe that's why you don't, you don't go into it with the fear. You go into it no. with caution. You know, you don't want to bring anything bad in, but I love your approach when you do this. And, you know, tell the folks a little bit about why you approach the spirits in the way that you do. Well, if somebody were to come into my home <laughs> to visit, I would not want to be interrogated. And yes. a lot, a lot of investigators, it sounds like they're interrogating the spirits. Who are mm -hmm. you? Where were you from? How old are you? No, just talk to them like you're in their house, you know, be mm -hmm. polite. And they're going, it's like giving honey, you know, if you work with honey, you're going to get more than if you work with vinegar. Mm -hmm. So I just talk to them because I talk to them the way I've been talking to spirits since I was a little girl. You know, it's like, yeah. I just, am I using the, you know, the equipment? Yeah. Because I, I like the equipment because it allows other people who cannot hear what I hear to actually experience that. Mm -hmm. that's why I like the paranormal equipment. I love the spirit boxes. I like that app because you can hear what I'm hearing without mm -hmm. it, you know? Um, and that was helpful that. to me <laughs> because you, yeah. you were picking up so much more just on your own, but all of that was giving me validation for yeah. some of the, just the things that were maybe coming to me, like Sarah's name kind of just out of nowhere. There was that, I mean, like loud, that name in my head, I knew that was her name. But if I hadn't had you validating those things, again, I would have thought I was crazy. So having all of that equipment and having you there is very helpful to others. So for you, it's just yes. a conversation. Yeah, it is. And I think more people would, you know, that are investigating would get more out of it if they approached it that way. But mm -hmm. a lot of people like to uh, provoke. I never provoke. Mm -hmm. You never want to do that. Why would you? If somebody came into my house and provoked, mm -hmm. I would kick them out and I sure right. wouldn't talk to them. So why would you do that in their home? Because literally, mm -hmm. if these spirits are in this building, they've made it their home. They didn't leave yes. for a reason, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I try to be polite. <laughs> and I, get I think more. that's the best way. And you've taught me something, you know, years ago, you told me this, that, you know, when I said, you know, is it? Is it scary talking to, you know, you, people are always afraid of ghosts and spirits and things and they get really afraid. And you taught me, you said, you know, the, the dead are no different dead than they were alive. So most people you run into alive are going to be nice people. Are there some bad people? Yes. But most people kind of as a general rule are, you know, inherently good. And so they're not going to change that dramatically between yeah. life and death. So most spirits that are out there are there for non-nefarious reasons. I mean, are yeah. there some we don't want to invite in? Absolutely. Do we need to be oh, careful right. when we're doing this? Absolutely. Because you don't know who you're dealing with at first. Right. But approaching them again, I mean, if you had a nasty spirit and you poke the bear, you can expect to be poked back and not in a nice way. Or scratched. Or, or scratched. Yeah. Yes. I mean, <laughs> there are things that can happen to you. But yeah. we were dealing with very benign spirits, but they were actually very communicative, which was yeah. really great. And apparently strong enough to do some physical things for us. 
not just talk to us, which they did. And they answered your questions because, again, I think you asked them in such a great way that they enjoyed answering those questions for you. So we had two spirits that that we were talking to. Mm -hmm. We had the little girl, which we learned later her name was Sarah. And then we had Phil or Philippe. That was the guy. And he told us, we we asked both of them how they died. And, but we got to know them first. It wasn't just the first question. Who are you? Right. How did I? I mean, some right. of it was just simply, you know, are you happy here? Can you tell us your name? You know, what's going on? And there were conversational things, kind of getting to know them and letting them get to know us. We did ask yeah. them if they knew our names because we yeah. hadn't said each other's name. We were careful about that because that's a question that we're going to ask. So we hadn't said each other's names. We didn't need to. I mean, how, how many times do you call somebody by their name when you know them like, you know, it was just the two of us. We're not going to say, hey, Willow, come over here. So we hadn't said each other's names, but we did ask them if they knew our names and they said our names. So they did know who we were. And so it was kind of like our way of, of introducing ourselves and getting to know them like you would walking into anybody's house, which is a great first step is to introduce yourself. Got to do that first. And we got some interesting results. Now, they were talky. They loved to chat. Sarah told us how she died. Do you remember how she told us she died? I can't remember anymore. I talked to so many dead people. <laughs> I talked to so many dead people. And we'll talk about dead folks' tales. Willow can just sit there and tell you everybody's. <laughs> She said she was sick. And so we knew that she yeah. she was one of the children. At, the, at some point during one of the yellow fever outbreaks, the yeah. Lafitte guest house, the building itself, had been used as an orphanage for children whose parents had died of yellow fever. And of course, many of the children themselves died as well. And so Sarah is apparently one of those yeah. children. And so she died at that time. So she was sick and Phil or Philippe, he's kind of said both. We were not real sure exactly what he wanted to be called. We kind of figured his name was Philippe, but he was kind of a modern dude and decided he wanted to be Phil. <laughs> kind of like we learned with Gilbert at Andrew, yeah. which we'll no, talk about in a little bit because he wanted yeah. to be Gil. <laughs> he wanted to be a modern too. But yeah. Sarah died because she was sick and Philippe, he fell at one point. And maybe it was during a renovation, maybe he fell down the stairs. We yeah. don't really know. He didn't get specific on that one. But Sarah, Man, she was a spunky little kid. Philippe was not as not as spunky. Although I did tell him in the morning because I wasn't sure if he was still around when I was going to get in the shower. I was like, look, I'm going to get in the shower. Phil, you got to stay out here. <laughs> it's like, you're not coming with me, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Don't know where you are, but it's not in that room. I'm not going in the shower. Let me, me tell you, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant when you're in the shower and they show up in it with you. Oh, God. That's an experience I could do without. (laughs) Clearly one you've had. (laughs) Showering with spirits. That could be its own podcast. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. (laughs) We may have to start that one. But we talked to Sarah quite a bit. And Mm -hmm. Sarah, as a spunky little kid, I had brought her a doll and I brought her a, a, a ball. And we were trying to get her to move those things. She didn't move those. But she did move the chandelier. Okay. Now, remember I told you guys the chandelier in the middle of the room was something you wanted to keep your eye on as you were noticing that. Now, we do have video. And it's admittedly, I was really excited about this. And so my hands were like, they were, we could see how much it was moving in the video. You're going, yeah, that's your phone. 
okay, yes, some of it, the movement was my phone, but if you look really carefully and you're watching kind of the lines of the bricks behind the chandelier in the video, you can really see it was rocking. It was just swaying. Things to know, kind of a due diligence thing to know when you're looking at this video. Because of Hurricane Delta, I was the only guest in the entire hotel. I'm the only idiot running into a hurricane. But the people who run it live in a back part of the house, a modern part of the house. So there was no one else in the hotel with me. And in fact, they gave me the code so that you and I could go get dinner later and yeah. come back in because they were going to bed. They were they were shutting it down. So I'm the only one in that part of the building with you. So if there's, you know, there was no one upstairs, no, the air conditioning was off. We checked the windows for drafts. There was nothing like that. So the chandelier moving and it would stop and it would start and really yeah. irregular things. It wasn't like an air conditioner upstairs making it, but no. nothing like that. So here we go. And because there's audio on it, you'll, <laughs> you'll hear us getting excited about the chandelier, but here's what happened. It was not moving before. Can you move that a little bit more for us so that we can see it a little bit better? Right there at the end, you could really see it starting to sway. She picked it up just a little bit. Now, I will tell you that I woke up to that chandelier moving the next morning, too. I mean, it, it moved quite a bit, quite a bit. And I think that was her way of letting us know that she was there. That was something she was familiar with you know, in her space. And that was something that she could communicate with. We knew she was in the middle of the bed because we put that meter in the middle of the bed, we're like somebody's sitting in the middle of the bed, and it makes sense. Little kid probably just plays on the bed a lot. I don't know. So right. there she was sitting in the middle of the bed. Um, I will tell you too, because she was there, and I kind of felt like you know we'd gotten to know her. She followed me around the room. You remember that the table that was between the windows? <laughs> we're like, yep. here she comes again. She played with my phone all night long. Once we finished this and I was getting ready to go to bed, she was doing all kinds of things to the phone. She would, I would lay it down on the table. It would be on my home screen. I would go back to it. It's on my camera or it's, you know, music would start playing on my, my app, my Spotify app. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, we're going to do this now. I was like, Ooh, what's this thing? You know, like a little kid pushing all the buttons. Right. That's kind of what it felt like to me it was like, this is a new toy. And it was kind of funny. But but she clearly was was enjoying the attention that she was being paid. Somebody had noticed her. And, you know, as a mom, I kind of was treating her like the mom and telling her stories like, okay, Sarah, we're going to go to bed now. <laughs> Time for bed. I'll tell you a story. And the chandelier starts to sway again <laughs> as I decide to tell her the story. But I actually got up at one point in the night and I took the video with a flash on just so I could see in the dark, but kind of looking for maybe anything that might show up. And so you will see little oops, earbud fall out, little white lights that are kind of darting around and one that comes straight out of the center of the screen in this one. So this is Sarah and whoever else is there letting me know they're there.
you see that one come right out of the middle? <laughs> it's like, whoop, there it is. <laughs> We're here. Hi. <laughs> and that actually, that was a very short clip of things that went on for quite a while. And it was just like that. And I was making sure there is no gnats, no bugs, no nothing. And it you can tell the difference. It's not dust floating in the air because of the very deliberate way that it moves, right? Am I correct? Yeah. I'm kind of assuming it's a little different, yeah. Yeah, it's the movement. So our next trip, oh, the light, the light switch. <laughs> oh, yeah. The light switch. So we've done all of this. We've talked to dead people. I know there's dead people in my room. And we decided, okay, it's late. We're hungry. Let's see if we can find anything open to go eat. And not saying a word to you, Willow. I left the light on because I was like, I'm not walking back into this room in the dark. Like, we're just not going to do that. Right. And it, the lock on the door, I had the only key. You know, I'm sure the, the owners have a second key, but they've gone to bed. So it's a key, not a card. It's a key. And I, again, I'm the only one in the hotel. So I've got my key in the old lock. And we leave. And we go looking for dinner. We finally found a place open on bourbon, sat on the balcony. We had a lovely meal. It was nice it was out good. there that yeah. night. It was actually really nice. And we come back, put the code in, get in the door, go upstairs, open the door. The light is off. And yeah. you said you left that light on. <laughs> I was, mm -hmm. Yeah, you did. I sure did. <laughs> I'm sure. It, but we hadn't talked about it before. It was like, I had just done it, but you noticed I was not leaving that room in the dark. Yeah. So the light was off. And so we decided, all right, playing tricks on us again. And it yeah. was just such a sweet spirit. I never felt any sense of dread, fear, discomfort, nothing, no. mm -mm. nothing. Now there's a slightly different feeling at our next location. And our next yeah. location was <laughs> Woodland Plantation officially, but informally through time known as the Andre Plantation because of the Andre family who lived there. And Manuel Andre was a brutal plantation owner. And it is also the site, the beginning of the 1811 slave uprising. And there has become a lot more attention being paid to that uprising, thankfully, at some of the um, plantations that are down there. There is an exhibit, of course, at the house now. It is a museum. And John McCusker is a dear friend and a really great guy. And he let us do some exploring like no one else gets to do because the museum wasn't open yet. We had the house pretty much to ourselves. John was downstairs working. And then he had to leave for a while. And we literally had the entire haunted plantation ourselves. Yep. Now we decided best place to start, the spookiest place to start in the attic <laughs> because yeah. that's where you go. And so we go up to the attic and we got to investigate there too. And we talked to Gil. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved his What is your name? Gil. <laughs> so yeah, it was like clear. <laughs> like Gil. This is who I am, like loud and clear. There was no messing around. It did not take us very long to get Gil talking either. He talked to us for quite a while. Yeah. And then we met Charles. Now, yeah. things you need to know about this family, folks. Manuel Andre was a plantation owner. Gilbert Andre was his son. Charles is the slave overseer who actually began the 1811 slave uprising by killing Gilbert. 
So the fact that we had both Gilbert's spirit there to talk to us and Charles's spirit there to talk to us was really cool to have kind of yeah. the two sides that should be warring and just angry at one another the way that they've met their untimely ends. Because, of course, Charles was executed at the end of the uprising. And you would think it was executed by Gilbert's father, by Manuel. Yeah. You would think that they would be angry spirits. And while it didn't have quite the the liveliness of Sarah and our, our little spirit, who ended up following me home, by the way. I mean, she actually was in the car messing with the air conditioner and things as we were driving. To, she decides she liked technology. Technology is fun. We're going to play with that. Because she was messing with the air conditioning all the way up in the rental car to the plantation. So we knew we had her along for the ride. But you would think those two would not be getting along, and yet they did, which was yeah. an interesting story. So yeah. Gil, Gil was chatting. He was telling us about how he died, how he felt about being there at the house, how we asked him questions. And I love that you approach it this way because you admit that we are coming into their space. They've held yeah. that space for 200 years. So we were intruders. And anyone who's coming into that house is intruders. It was their home originally. Yes. And I love that you asked, how do you feel about people being here? And how do you feel about the house being turned into a museum? And they seemed okay with it, which was yeah. kind of cool. And even mentioned that they like John. They, they said John's name. And it was yeah, funny because we heard his name a lot, like John, 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 John. Like they, it's like we yeah. get a lot of John and we like John. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so John was good, glad to hear that too. He's like, well, good. I'm glad they like me because I'm just, I'm here all the time. And you asked an interesting question. Because you realized they were not angry with one another. And so you asked them how they felt about each other now. And it was interesting that you you chose to ask that question. Why did why do you think you chose to ask that question? Is that just do questions just come to you or are they are you kind of led to those questions? Because I know from the spirits that I've talked to that once they go into the light. They don't have that human anger, resentment, any of that. It's like mm -hmm. washed away. And I wanted to know, first off, did they go into the light and come back? Are they still mm -hmm. holding on to those human emotions? But I don't think they did. Mm -hmm. They didn't. They seemed to be okay with one another. It was almost like... <sighs> I almost said the worst possible thing. You were talking about me derailing the show because it's usually me that goes off. The, I almost said it's it's almost like they buried the hatchet. The worst metaphor I could have chosen. Because <laughs> literally. Because literally, Charles Nola. killed Gilbert with an axe. Oh, God, Nola. Think, yeah, think, he think did bury the hatchet. That, <laughs> buried the hatchet twice yeah. <laughs> in a horrible yeah, way. Like in Bad. his chest, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. I mean, basically killed him yeah. in his chest, and then like we're, you know, trying to chop his limbs off. It was just horrible. Yeah, it was bad. But bad. Bad metaphor, but it seemed like they had at least put all of that, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. as spirits, we see the bigger picture. We kind of see that, you know, there was a lot at play here. Um, yeah. There was maybe a lot of things in society that put them in the positions that they were in, a lot of things that they could control, a lot of things they could not control. And maybe being outside of the situation the way that they are now 
it seemed that they had kind of come to terms with what had happened and one another. And they seemed to be perfectly fine sharing that space. And there were others there that there were others that we talked to that seemed to be more in the background. There was a woman who spoke French. We couldn't understand her. Um, And some other things that were just really fascinating kind of as we were talking to them. Um, But it was such a cool experience to be able to have those conversations. And then we decided, (laughs) then we decided to go outside to the Mm -hmm. spot behind the house or actually what would have been the front of the house um, where Charles was executed and Charles was brutally executed. He was drawn and quartered and then burned and I mean, horribly executed. So we thought, okay, well, we're going to go out here and and we ought to get some good stuff. Funny thing is, is it's the house is right off of a a pretty busy road. And so there's a lot of road noise and it was hard to hear anything that we were getting. And I'm sure they were talking to us. It was just really hard to hear. Yeah, but we went inside, <laughs> and this is where well, we our two hundred year to. old flirt comes in. <laughs> Hang on, you froze up there for a second, Willow. Oh, she's frozen. So I'll tell you what happened. We're going inside, okay. or we let him know. Yep. As we're going inside, we're like, we're going to go in. And he says, ladies, <laughs> like after you, he was just so charming. <laughs> it's like, And it was so clear. So clear. Yeah. Ladies. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's like, hello. Like, oh. <laughs> Been a while since you've had some company, Charles. I mean, it was just the coolest thing because it was like, I will let you go in first after you. <laughs> Right, so and it was such a deep, deep. Yes, it's deep resonance to his voice was awesome. Deep voice. Mm. Hmm. Deep resonating, resonating. Just ladies, it was very, yeah, very flirtatious. It was kind of fun. So we had some pretty cool experiences doing that. And I want you to come back on this show. I want you, I would love to have you back. I know you're not sure about your schedule next week, but we're going to talk about the Myrtles Plantation next week. I will be talking about the Myrtles, if nothing else. But I would love for you, if you can come next week and share that that experience that you had with me, then that's awesome. If not, I'm going to get you on another night because okay. I want you to share that story. And I would love for you to tell me about some other investigations that you've done or just some interesting experiences that you've had as a medium, people that you've gotten to communicate with, um, just some of the just general experiences that you've had. I would love for you to tell me about when you were a little kid, how you actually first met some of the Voodoo Loa and where they were in there. Oh, and that, that <laughs> yeah. was such a cool story. I'm not going to say anymore because I want to share that story. <laughs> the, I love that story. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, so that was an interesting tale there. Yeah. So we it will talk like, about yeah, that. And day. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was for a little kid. <laughs> interesting day yeah. for a little kid. Like mm-hmm. five or six years old. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, my, I, my children, I've had a couple of mine that have had some experiences where they would not have known, you know, I, I've not given them the information that they would need for them to come out with the stuff that they have when they were little. And I do think that children are kind of a bit more of an open door, but then we're taught to close that door. Um, So I love that your door has remained open and that you have actually learned to work with that as opposed to going, whoop, nope, that's weird. And shutting it down. So I want you to yeah. come back and tell some more of those stories, but to be able to talk about 
Jill and Charles and Sarah and oh, Bill, yeah. all of our friends that we made on that weekend, you know, around Hurricane Delta. And I don't know, maybe the hurricane was just stirring up some energy and it was kind of putting some things to work. I mean, do you feel like that can happen? Yeah. Does the weather sometime impact that? Yes, the weather does. Floods, I find when I've had, I, where I live now, my house is now raised, but I've had five floods in oh. the house when I moved in because it's still on the ground level. Mm -hmm. And I would have poltergeist activity after every flood. So oh, it really? just, yeah, like really strong stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell the folks where they can find you. You've got some fun stuff that you do on Facebook, I know. So let the folks know how they can get in touch with you should they want to take advantage of your services because you do offer um, readings in a variety of ways, not just in person I in the do. Right. No, I'm, I'm actually doing FaceTime, Skype, uh, gosh, phone readings, in person, of course. I'm working on other types of virtual ways. I'm looking at Zoom now. I'm just a whole, yeah. all kinds of ways to do this. But you can also find all my information at my name, willowlaymashot.com. Um, it's so in the description of the podcast. There. So anywhere that's and, podcast, yeah. find the description. The link is there. And you can find me on Facebook. I have the Divine Source Spiritual Center and also Willow Lima Shot Spiritual Services. And you can find everything that she offers on there and how to contact you as well. Thank you so much for joining me tonight and telling stories. I love hanging out with you. I, I hate being this far away so that we can't just hang out all the time. I know. Well, maybe when I move, I'll be a little closer. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe just a different trajectory. Oh, where'd she go? We lost her. Oh, I hate it when that happens. We were having a tough signal time, but we're super appreciative of Willow joining us tonight. And we're going to go ahead and close it out. We've gone a little long, but I think it was worth it. Oh, there she is. Let's add her back in. See if we can join her there. Oh, she's trying. There she is. Hey, we were like, wrap it just like, like shut down. <laughs> we're just oh gone. Spirits. Spirits. Stop. Yes. Like, no, we were trying to close out the show. This she is, this happens when we get yet. together. And I am in my seance room. So, oh, well. you know, I got two portal mirrors, you know, it's a little busy. Your room is so cool, by the way. I love all of your, your seance room is just the best. So folks, get in touch with Willow. Um, the link to her website is in the description of the podcast, wherever we are, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, or any of the major podcast platforms. Go check her out. Get to know Willow. You will not be sorry. She has got some great insight, whether you are needing to speak to a loved one or if you just would like a tarot reading like no other, where you get some great insight and some life coaching as well, because that's another thing I love about the way that you read cards is it's not just this is what the cards say. It's more, you know, this is a possibility. And this is well, it's also channeled. Yeah. yeah, my Ooh, readings right. you do channeled. My reading. Mm -hmm. Things are channeled. My spirit guides connect with your spirit guides and I get the messages. And, and that's they are what so I share. good. They are so, so good. So good. All right, folks, thank you for joining us tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. Leave us some comments. Let, you, let us know your thoughts about those videos that we shared and some experiences. If you've had your own experiences, put those in the comments as well. We love to hear them. And we will see you next time on Dead Folks Tales. Thanks for joining us.
Dead Folks Tales is a copywritten podcast of authors on the air, global radio network. Special thanks to producer Roman Surratton and executive producer Pam Stack. Join us next week for another episode of Dead Folks Tales. Thank you.